to the Soul Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kuttner, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast will help you find ways to live a more authentic life. Every week, I have guests on the show from yoga teachers to meditation instructors, everyone to help you feel like the best you. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So today on the podcast, I have Nicole Cunicella. She is a yoga teacher. She also has a company called Mindful Movement, where she shares meditation and wellness with different corporations and businesses. I'm so excited to have Nicole on the podcast. So Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, me too. So today we're going to talk a little bit about meditation and work-life balance. I feel like meditation can help us in so many different areas, especially with feeling calm, grounded, centered. So Nicole, tell me a little bit about how you got into teaching meditation and tell me a little bit about your yoga meditation journey. Okay. So um, I've been listening to your podcast episodes and I think it's so funny how every yoga teacher pretty much has like a very similar story (laughs) of getting into yoga. Um, I think we all have these like crazy past or misconceptions about yoga that kind of brought us into the practice. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's funny, I do have a similar story. Um, But I had been going through, well, I'll back up, go back. Um, In college, my roommate had asked me to go to a yoga class with her and I had never done yoga before and I thought it was stretching. So I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? Like sit around in a circle and like do side stretches, you know, (laughs) I'm like, sure, whatever, I'll go. And I ended up going um, to this great studio in town. I went to Seton Hall. So in South Orange, it was South Mountain Yoga. And at the time it was an Anusara studio, which unfortunately no longer exists, Anusara as a form of yoga. Um, But if you're not familiar with it, it's a very alignment-based yoga practice. So kind of similar to an Iyengar style of yoga where you're very focused on alignment in the poses and engagement of all of your muscles. And I had no idea what I was in for. (laughs) Um, So I showed up and had this amazing practice and used muscles that I didn't even know that existed in my body, basically. And I, by the end of class, I was so sore and so tired. And, you know, we came into Shavasana and I had this amazing moment in Shavasana where I could just let go of every single thought, which had never happened to me before. And I left feeling amazing. Like I remember telling my mom, I felt like clean, like my soul was clean. And she's like, you're a weirdo. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Um, But I just knew that this was for me and I needed to do this more. So I had gone um, a couple of times to that studio. And then when I graduated college and I moved back home with my parents, I was looking for a studio that had a similar feeling and vibe and I just couldn't really find it for a while. Um, I had gone to a bunch of different studios. I would buy like a new student intro package, like five sessions. I would use one and then never go back and they would expire. (laughs) Um, And then I had gone through like a really tough time in my life and, you know, I was had a lot of anxiety and I was going through all this stuff and I had started meditating. I actually found Gabby Bernstein and read all of her books and just soaked in all of her information. And 
started doing all of her meditations and I was feeling so good again and I wanted to get back into yoga. Um, and I remember saying to my coworker at the time, I think I need to do a yoga teacher training. She's like, all right. And I'm like, you know, I just think if I do a teacher training, it's going to force me to actually go and actually use the class packages instead of just like skipping out on it basically. And mm -hmm. I needed something that would give me that like structure. Um, so I kind of like put it out there in the universe. I went to another studio that I was trying and I ended up seeing a card for Tula Yoga's first teacher training, which obviously changed my life. But, um, you know, I was like, all right, let me, let me check this out. So I reached out to Jen and she emailed me back right away. And, you know, we set up a nice class for me to try out at the studio. And pretty much as soon as I got to the studio, I realized that that was the studio I had been looking for all of this time. That was, you know, something that was giving me that feeling of connection that I had been looking for ever since my first class. Um, so, you know, as soon as the class was over, I signed up for teacher training right away. And you know, in the beginning, not even intending to teach, which I feel like is another common theme among a lot of yoga teachers is we end up in the teacher training because we want more, right? Like we don't necessarily say like, I want to be a yoga teacher. Here it is. We just kind of don't really know what we're getting ourselves into. We just know that we need to know more about this. Um, and it was very similar for me. So when I started my teacher training pretty much right away, I knew that in some way I had to share this with people because, you know, I felt so good doing this and it helped me so much, both physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, in every way that I wanted to be able to share that with people. And then during my teacher training was really when I kind of connected with myself in all aspects. So I really started to think about, you know, not only my yoga practice, but how I was feeling emotionally, my meditation practice, um, you know, what I was eating, my nutrition, it's not that I ever ate badly, necessarily. But, you know, I went through phases where like, I didn't like meat. And I would say, like, should I be a vegetarian? You know, like, am I really eating to optimize my health? It brings up so many questions about yourself when you're in that teacher training, because not only are you learning about yoga, but you're learning about yourself, it's self study. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I decided to do nutrition school, um, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Mm -hmm. And so right as I finished my teacher training, I went right into nutrition school and I went right into my 300 hour training to get a little deeper um, on all of those aspects as well. Um, and, you know, nutrition school really teaches you to be a health coach, but I knew at that time, that's not exactly what I wanted to do with it. I didn't really want to just work one-on-one -on -one, um, with people in a coaching aspect. I think people who do that are completely amazing. But for me personally, I, I didn't feel like that's what I wanted, where I wanted to go with it. So between that and then my 300 hour training, I kind of decided I wanted to take a more holistic wellness approach. Um, and around the same time, I was starting to learn that companies we're hiring wellness coordinators for their employees. And to me, that was like the dream job. Like, I'm like, how do I do this? <laughs> you know, like that was the perfect thing for me. I'm like, I can have a job, I can have an employer, I can have benefits and I can still do all of this, like yoga and meditation and health coaching and wellness. Like, that's amazing. So a friend of mine from college had actually reached out. She was a wellness coordinator for her company, um, which was a very huge healthcare company in New Jersey. 
And she reached out to see if I would come do meditation for her employees. And I said, absolutely, 1000%. So we set that up. I kind of knew nothing about what to charge, what to do, what to, <laughs> how to set up the program at that point. So the two of us just kind of figured it out together, what would work best for her employees, what would work best for me. And I went to a lot of their locations um, and we would do a quarterly lunchtime meditation. And there was a really similar theme for each location that I went to, each time that I went, that all of the employees would say, you don't know how much I needed this, mm. especially in healthcare. You know, they're like, we're so stressed. We're so busy. You know, we really, truly need this. And like this changed my life. So I started to teach them ways that they could meditate on their own since I couldn't be there every day, you know, like they wanted, they're like, why can't you come every day? Why can't we do meditation every lunchtime? I'm like, that would be amazing. But you know, it's not practical. So since I was there every quarter, I, you know, wanted to teach them ways that they could bring this home and do this themselves without me. <laughs> so they had started doing that. And I would get regulars each quarter, I would go back, you know, the same people would come back to meditation, and they would say, I've been doing it at home. And I went from one minute to five minutes to 10 minutes. And, you know, it was just amazing to see their reactions and how much they loved it from people who had started out never meditating to people that ended up meditating every day that truly, truly needed it. So that was when I pretty much knew this was, you know, what I wanted to do moving forward. <laughs> I love that. I love your story. I feel like meditation and yoga, they're such a life-changing gift and, I think just everyone's reaction, like, I feel so good. <laughs> like, I want to do this all the time. That's such reassurance that, you know, you're giving them something really valuable. And where I'm going with this is how does the meditation practice help you feel like centered and grounded? And what are some of your favorite meditations, either like your personal favorites or fan favorites? What do you feel like the answer to that is? Yeah, so that's a great question. I mean, I think meditation for me anyway is a process, right? Like it changes all the time. Mm -hmm. I have days where I sit down to meditate and I'm like, oh shit, I can't do that. Like mm -hmm. I have 7,000 other things to do. My brain's in too many places and I'm like, forget it. And I sit for like 10 seconds and I get up, you know? And then I have other days that I could just sit there for 20 minutes and feel so amazing and grounded and light. But I think the work is in making it a regular practice. Mm -hmm. Right. Even on those days that you're like, screw this. I can't do this today. I don't have time. My brain's in 7,000 places. I'm late for work or whatever. Like that's when you honestly need it the most. Mm. And yeah, it's definitely a process. But for me, I think what helps is to kind of like exercise, right? Like you need to switch it up sometimes. You can't always do the same exercises, at least for me. I don't know. Everyone's different, but I can't do the same exercise every single day. Okay. I'll just, I'll just get bored, you know? <laughs> and then I'm more likely to just not exercise because I don't want to do whatever thing. So for me, like with exercise, I like to follow a video and I like to choose a different video every day and a different body part and a different activity because I need to switch it up a little. And to me, it's the same thing with meditation. So Lately, what my meditation practice has been is I'll do Calm, I'll use the app Calm, and I'll do one of their guided meditations. And I like it because you can choose a three minute anxiety meditation 
that's just something quick, or you can do a 10 or 20 minute meditation. They have sleep stories. You know, there's like so many different things you can do in that app. Um, or I will put on a guided breath work meditation um, and do something like that. If, you know, I have five minutes and I just want to focus on my breathing, there's so many different types of meditations and so many things that can be considered meditation that you really just have to find what works for you. You know, I say to people all the time, like cooking is a form of meditation. Like for Mm -hmm. some people, that's your meditation. For some people going on a walk really just helps them clear their head, right? Like they don't think about anything else. They're just present in the moment and that's meditation. For some people, it is yoga or exercise, you know, because you can not think about things. You can just focus on what you're doing. So really to me, meditation and mindfulness go hand in hand because it's really just all about being present in that moment and being with yourself, taking time to sit with yourself. What I have noticed in teaching corporate meditation is that they really like something that is more guided as opposed to like, here's your mantra, repeat it to yourself. Mm. Um, Because I think in a situation like that, your mind is so likely to wander, especially if it is like a lunchtime meditation in the middle of your workday, you're like, God, I could be doing this, that or the other thing for work. And especially now when there's like, no line between work and (laughs) home life, you know, like you don't take that lunch break anymore, because you're just constantly home and sitting at your computer or whatever. So I like to do something a little bit more guided with them, a little more visualization with them. A lot of times they like having music in the background and I encourage them in their own practice at home, you know, to have a meditation soundtrack playing in the background or, you know, just anything that's going to bring your mind to a certain point, right? That's going to focus your mind, whether it's a mantra, whether it's your breath, whether it's your cooking, whatever it is, just bringing your mind into that present moment. So I know that was kind of like a loaded answer, <laughs> but for me, it really is always changing. It's always just finding that, that right thing that works for you and whatever works, you know, whatever gets you to meditate, do it. <laughs> I loved your answer. I think you covered it so well. I love the way that you said, you're not going to want to do the same thing every day and you have to really be aware and, and present with yourself to know what you need. Even that question is great. Like, what do I need today? And what's going to work best for me? I just feel like that question in itself can be applied to so many situations in our life. Yeah, totally. I've noticed too, um, for myself, I have to work out before I meditate. Otherwise, I'm too like wound up or something. So um, Rob, my boyfriend laughs because like the days that I don't have time to do like a full workout before a meditation, I'll just roll out my yoga mat and do 10 burpees. I know everybody hates burpees, but just something to move my body and like move the energy and get it going so that I can just sit and relax for like even a five minute meditation. You know, like that has made such a difference for me. And I think that's something that I didn't even realize about myself until now, you know, (laughs) until like everyone's home and you're in quarantine and you're working out at home. Like that's really when I realized that for myself. So, you know, just, it it really is self-study, like notice that for yourself. If you're looking to start a meditation practice, or maybe you've had trouble with a meditation practice in the past, like notice the things that do work for you and see if you can replicate that somehow each time so that you have that consistency, you know? 
Yeah, that was gold. I love that you said you had to move before you meditated (laughs) because honestly, I can relate to that. I think that's why I didn't really get into meditation until after yoga class, doing Mm -hmm. all that movement. And I think that's why yoga makes so much sense because we have to move our bodies to really get into that state where we can be present with our thoughts and aware of our thoughts and sit with them. So I love that. I re- I think that helps people if they feel any type of shame that they can't meditate or <laughs> they have self-described themselves as somebody who doesn't meditate. I think it's just good to hear that. Okay. Even, yeah. even you who teaches meditation, you need to move your body first before you can sit down and meditate. Yeah, for sure. You know, everybody's different. And I like, like you said, I think that's why you didn't get into it until your yoga practice, because I think that's like a lot of people's first kind of experience with meditation is Shavasana, Mm -hmm. you know, that you're like, you're moving, you're moving, you're moving. And like, maybe it's this like really difficult power class or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden you lay down for Shavasana and you're like, geez, like I was awake, but that was like the best nap of my life, (laughs) you know, because you just like, it renews you in this way. And I think meditation is similar. So if if you are struggling with it, definitely, you know, it's something worth trying, try to move that energy out of your body first. Yeah. And also that fact that sometimes you need to move the energy around and, and do some work before you can really sit with your stuff. So I like that you yeah. said that too. Yeah, absolutely. So what's one example of a meditation that maybe you've used in the past week that you've really liked just for everyone listening, because I feel like it's a gift to experience meditation. So if you have like a quick one that we can do together. Yeah, absolutely. So I've actually been doing a lot of like breath work meditations, which I know like a lot of times people can consider breath work like a very different thing. But to me, like I said, there's so many ways to meditate that honestly, just focusing on your breath is a meditation. So I've been doing a lot of that, whether it's like something guided. There's actually a breathwork teacher. You can find her on like Instagram and Spotify and Apple Music. She has like breathwork albums, but her name is Audra Bear. And she, I'll do like a quick guided breathwork meditation with her. Or, you know, sometimes I'll just do one on my own. Like I've been doing a lot of box breathing. So that's one that we can definitely do together. I like the box breathing because you're adding a count to your breath when you do it. And for me, that helps to focus my mind on my breath and not really like think about all the other things, you know, that are so likely to just like pop into your mind when you're meditating and kind of throw you off course, which is normal also, just to put that out there. (laughs) I think people get so caught up if they're like, oh, forget it. I had a thought like, that's it. You know, my meditation's over. It's ruined. (laughs) But that's so normal. We're human. We're thinking constantly all day. So I think it's important to just have a meditation practice that does bring you back to the moment that can, you know, kind of snap you out of that and be like, oh yeah, this is what I'm doing. So yeah, we could do the box breathing together. Let's, let's do that. So for anyone listening, obviously if you're driving, don't close your eyes, but you can still do this. But if you're not driving, (laughs) you can close your eyes and I just want you to get really comfortable. Don't worry about if you're sitting perfectly, if your legs are crossed, how your hands are, it doesn't matter. I just want you to relax because Really in your meditation, if you're not comfortable, you're just going to be thinking about your discomfort Mm -hmm. and that's not fun. (laughs) So just get comfortable wherever you are and just start by taking a deep breath. So breathe in deeply through your nose and then maybe let it go with a sigh. 
And just let your breath be natural and easy here for a moment. Maybe you even deepen it a little bit. And then on your next inhale, want you to inhale for a count of four. So counting silently to yourself, one, two, three, four, holding your breath for one, two, three, four, exhaling, one, two, three, four, holding, one, two, three, four, inhale, one, two, three, four, holding, one, two, three, four, exhale, one, two, three, four, holding, one, two, three, four, and then just breathe normally. So it's called box breathing because you can almost imagine it like a square, right? Like you're inhaling the side of the square, that's your count of four. Your hold is across the top of your square. Your exhale is down the other side and then your other hold is the bottom, right? So it's like a box, box breathing. So that's really nice because you can do that anywhere, you know, like even for those of you that are driving that you have your eyes open, you can still take that moment to focus on your breath and no one even knows you're doing that. So I like to give tools like that too. When I'm doing work like this with people who are at work and, you know, it's their lunch break, because this is something that you can use throughout your work day too. And no one even knows that you're doing it, <laughs> which is awesome. So it's like a nice little quick breathing meditation, or it's something that you can make even longer. So you can set a timer for however long you'd like to do the box breathing for. And it's something you can really personalize too, because you know if four seconds is too long, you can make it three. Or if you feel like you could maybe go longer on your inhales or exhales or holds, you can make that a longer time. So as you practice more, maybe it goes to five seconds or six or seven or whatever it might be, or it doesn't have to. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Thank you so much for giving that example. I feel like just experiencing that for people is going to be enough to want to continue. So I want to just dive into the science a little bit, like a quick yeah. backdrop, because it, there's science behind why this helps us feel so calm and centered. So if you want to just give a little bit of uh, information about why meditation works, because everybody who goes to yoga class or experiences a meditation, they come out feeling like blissed out, like really calm, but mm -hmm. some people don't exactly know why. So what's the science behind it? Yeah, I like to call that Zen brain <laughs> when you leave and you're like, you feel like you're floating. But yes, there is definitely science behind it. There's a lot of science behind it. Um, so, and it has a lot to do with our nervous system, right? So we have our sympathetic and our parasympathetic nervous system, um, our fight or flight, and then our calm. So when we're meditating, we're really bringing that calm into our life and we're getting ourselves out of fight or flight. And you know, of course, millions of years ago, fight or flight was literally being chased by an animal or chasing an animal or something, you know, some kind of trouble physically that adrenaline would help us to do whatever it was that we had to do to save ourselves. Now things are very, very different. And we're getting this adrenaline rush, this fight or flight um, through our nervous system 
from everyday things, right? From work stress, from, you know, life stress, from driving, from, you know, even especially now with COVID and everything going on, just a trip to the grocery store could like send you into fight or flight, honestly. So it's important for us to take the, the time and to do these practices like yoga and meditation that are bringing us into that calm, right? That are getting us out of fight or flight, that are relaxing our nervous systems. And think about it. So when you do this, right, let's take the breathing example. When you are focusing on your breathing and you're doing that box breath, right, your mind's not really thinking a whole lot about anything else because you're focusing on that, right? And you're breathing deeply and you're physically affecting your body. So you're getting rid of some of that adrenaline. So many of us are, you know, are in adrenal fatigue and have just been living in this flight or fight or flight stage. And you're really doing the opposite of that to your body. You're flooding your body with these hormones that are calming and relaxing. And you're slowing down your breathing. And by slowing down your breathing, you're slowing down your heart rate. Right. So it has so many physical benefits. People are like, it's so weird that like meditation can help diabetes, mm. but it, but it really can, right. It yeah. can slow yeah. down your heart rate. It can reduce your stress that makes chemical changes in your body. Right. It's, you know, good for hypertension, good for headaches and migraines. And you're flooding yourself with oxygen. You're flooding yourself with good hormones, right. It makes perfect sense that this is something that can physically affect your body as well. It's not really just your mind. Um, as far as the mind goes, however, meditation actually has been proven to change the neural pathways in your brain. You're bringing yourself into the present moment. Um, I remember hearing, this is on a slight <laughs> offshoot, but I remember hearing lately that when you're thinking, you're on autopilot. So you're not really in control of what's happening with the neural pathways in your brain you're thinking you know like it's the same idea of like you could be driving to work and because you know the path to work you don't think about where you're driving and you're driving along and you're thinking and you're thinking and you're thinking and you're thinking and all of a sudden you get to work and you're like how the hell did i get here like <laughs> you know like you're like i just totally blacked out for like a little bit and was not paying attention but when you're mindful and you're in the moment, so you're focused instead on the drive, and you're not like letting your thoughts just run wild, like you're focused on, okay, I'm turning right here, I'm turning left here, you know, whatever it might be, you're focusing in the moment, and your brain is free now to just be in the moment, and those neural pathways in your brain are like, yes, okay, like, we're learning new things, we're doing, you know, we're, we're focusing on the drive, now I'm learning this new drive, now this is happening, and it's like, so much of a difference for your brain and meditation is exactly the same way right so like i said this goal isn't always to get rid of every single thought in your brain because that's just never going to happen but the goal of meditation is or any type of mindfulness really is to bring you into the moment so to say like oh i just noticed that i was thinking about lunch instead of you know what i'm doing so let me focus back on what i'm doing right let me focus back on my mantra or my breath or my walk or whatever it is that you're doing that gives you that mindfulness that brings you into the present moment. Like instead of focusing on chopping the vegetable, I was thinking about like, what am I going to make for dinner tomorrow? You know, like just something that brings you into the present moment, frees up your brain 
to change those neural pathways in your brain to something more positive. So it really does help so much. I've also been doing a lot of restructuring neuroscience work myself. So, you know, having like a reprogramming meditation to reprogram like a negative thought or pattern or block that I've had in my life. So, you know, you're getting into that deep meditation where you're freeing freeing up your brain to change those neural pathways and then reprogramming it with something that's more positive. So if, you know, anyone out there is looking to kind of change in that way too, now you know the science behind it. (laughs) So you can also kind of check that out too. Any sort of like reprogramming, you could do that work with um, therapists or there's a lot of online resources too for that. But yeah, I know that was a very long answer, but it does change you (laughs) scientifically, both body and mind. So I think that's super cool, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, same. I actually really loved your answer. I think you um, unpacked it really well. And as far as like restructuring and reprogramming, I mean, that's kind of like what hypnotherapy does. It's like putting in new, I mean, your brain's like a computer essentially. So you have to mm-hmm. upload like new software if you want your computer to work differently. So I feel like that's- I love how you said that. Yes, absolutely. It's like you're up- uploading new software. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I love the science too. I think it's really important to understand. And I think everybody yeah. can relate to, you know, the driving example, like, okay, you're kind of on autopilot, like your brain's just going the way it's used to going, but- mm-hmm sometimes that way that you're going isn't the best way. So it's nice to like, just be aware that like you have the power and control to change the way you think. I feel like that's especially important for people to hear if they're like stuck at a certain point in their life. And I think, you know, sometimes people come to yoga because they're stuck. They notice that they're stuck and they, and what's really cool about yoga is that it does free up some space and help you become aware so you can change things. I think that's my favorite part about yoga. Yeah, absolutely. It's a similar experience, right? Like you're, again, you're focusing on what you're doing in the moment. You know, usually you're either releasing something physically in yoga, if you're doing like a yin practice, or if it's a power flow, you're really focused on your movement and it's, it's hard to think about other things. Mm -hmm. Um, so it really does for sure, you know, change you. And it's also like all of the reprogramming stuff is like, kind of, I think like the next step of meditation, right? So if you're just starting out of practice, like, don't even like worry about what I'm I'm saying with that, you know, like your neural pathways are going to change regardless, just for you sitting for five minutes, like, and breathing in and out and focusing on your breath. Like that's going to, you know, free up that space in your brain and make that positive change, which is going to help you with stress throughout your day, et cetera, you know, but if you've been like meditating for a while and you're like, I kind of want like the next step of this, like, you know, that is something I think to look into. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the next level, which is always like good to hear. And I think for you, it's like, it's about evolving, right? Like we, we start with something and then we get better at it and then we're ready for like the next step. So that's really Mm -hmm. like what this reprogramming thing is like first, you know, get to know yourself, (laughs) then, you know, do some of the work and then you can start to integrate like new patterns for sure. Yeah, totally. And I think another really good tip too, and we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier is just to like notice, right? So Mm -hmm. notice the things that work for you. um, Notice 
how you feel. Like one of my friends the other day reached out to me and said, you know, I've been trying to meditate for 10 minutes every morning. And I've noticed actually on the days that I do meditate for 10 minutes in the morning, I have way less stress than the days that I don't meditate for 10 minutes. So just like noticing those things like that in itself helps to create a habit because you're like, whoa, hold on a minute here. Like my day is so different when I actually do this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel so much different when I actually do this. Maybe I should do this every day, you know? So like just really taking the time to notice and, you know, with really anything in your life with exercise, with food, you know, with a meditation practice, mindfulness practice is a lot about just noticing really. Yeah, I think the awareness is key. I actually like one of the meditations that I picked up over time, like the observer meditation, because I feel like when you can kind of stand outside yourself and not be so wrapped up in your emotions or some of the patterns that you've like taken hold of, it's a little bit easier to not react or to see things in a different light. So that mm-hmm. one is nice. I There's so many out there. And I love that you just like normalized for people like, hey, you don't have to do like a sit down mantra meditation that may not be for you or that may not be for the specific day that you're having. So I really yeah, love totally. when people are like, you know, not all meditation is the same. It's more about mindfulness. It's definitely about having that awareness so that you can help yourself. So I just love helping people in that way, like knowing it's okay if you don't do a traditional meditation. Yeah, for sure. I also, that just uh, triggered my my memory too. I want to talk about like anxiety a little bit and how it kind of helps to interrupt anxiety because yeah. obviously like that's kind of been my background coming into this practice was like, I had so much stress and anxiety in my life from life things from my job at the time from you know like everything just life anxiety Um, and I think right now obviously so many people everyone's anxious but I think especially like millennials we've kind of like come up come into adulthood being anxious (laughs) um you know so I think that's such like a millennial thing to hear is like oh yeah you have anxiety like who doesn't um but I think you know again like finding that regular practice and finding what works for you definitely helps um, I also love the phrase interrupt anxiety with gratitude because uh, 1000% that works. Mm-hmm, agreed. <laughs> 1000%. I don't know. This is a tangent. I'm sorry, but I don't know if anyone has watched Big Mouth on Netflix. It's very crude. So like you have to be prepared if you're watching it, but it's um, like a cartoon from Nick Kroll and it's very, um, it's about coming of age, right? When you're yeah. turning like 12, 13 and just all the changes you go through and they have like hormone monsters that are telling them to do stuff. And yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah. And in this last season, they brought in an anxiety mosquito and the anxiety mosquito is like floating around them and like telling them all these thoughts. And it's so real, right? Like that's what anxiety feels like. It's amazing how they like capture this in like a silly, stupid cartoon, but it's like so on point. And then to counter the anxiety they bring in a gratitude (laughs) it's a toad (laughs) that talks about gratitude and it's just freaking amazing because it's like so true and so accurate he's like silly mosquito you know instead of talking about like what you're anxious about and what could happen why don't we talk about what we're grateful for you know instead of feeling like your friend 
might hate you because of whatever your anxiety is telling you, why don't you just like show gratitude for your friend instead? And just how it changes their narrative is so amazing. And then another thing that has helped me so much with anxiety lately is saying to myself, I've done this before, Mm. right? Having something that's like expansive, right? Like it's fine because I've done this before and I've handled it this way. So literally interrupting it like that anxiety mosquito voice (laughs) where it's like, you can't do this. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Why would you do this? Like, you're stupid. You can't do it. Like that little voice is just being like, no, what are you talking about? Like, go away. I've done this before. I've got this, you know, just reminding yourself that like a lot of these things you've been through or, you know, like thinking of the positive outcome instead, like, yeah, that could happen, but this could also happen instead. Like what's the good side of it? So yeah, just those, those couple of little tangents on anxiety too, and how just being mindful can really help with that so much. It's so true. I really am an advocate for gratitude and mindfulness. I I know they're game changers. I integrate them as much as I can too. If I'm having an especially bad day, I move my body. I try to be in the moment. Like I think of the things I'm grateful for. And, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, gratitude, but it's, it works. It, you Like you can't be anxious if you're thinking about the things that are so amazing and so meaningful. So I'm glad that you dropped those. Um, And I was with you on that tangent. I loved it. So (laughs) it's a great show. (laughs) Ridiculous, but a great show. (laughs) Yeah, but it's true. I mean, I I also like what you said about, you know, this awareness of our thoughts is really important because our thoughts are not necessarily definers of what's going on. And sometimes our thoughts are loops or patterns. And I think it's really important to hear that because it's easy to get caught up in our thoughts for sure. Like if we let our thoughts just run all over the place, we'd be miserable. But to know like you can integrate tools like mindfulness and gratitude and a meditation practice. And even just the idea that your thoughts are just noise sometimes. And to understand that on a deep level is important because your thoughts don't have to define you. If you can approach your thoughts with this, like, okay, I see you. I'm not going to let you bother me. Like I know better. And also just integrating affirming statements to yourself. Like I'm a sucker for affirmations sometimes. If you say to yourself, I got this, it's going to feel a whole lot better (laughs) than just let, letting your brain like run around and make you crazy. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that. I think like, it's another one of those phrases you hear all the time. You are not your thoughts. Yeah. So true. Right. Like if you think of that little anxiety voice or whatever, like mean girl voice, whatever you want to call it as like literally like a mosquito or like something, you know, like something outside of you that's like floating around, you can kind of like talk to it and be like, okay, you know, I'm going to stop you right there. I get what you're saying. Like thanking my anxiety helps too. As silly as that sounds being grateful for my anxiety, because I know that it's just there to say like, you know, heads up, we're trying to help you totally get it. Right. But you know, it's like, thank you, anxiety. I hear you. I see you, but that is not me. And that doesn't have to be what's going to happen. Right. Like finding those other thoughts. And that's the same thing. We, like you said, we have those same thoughts that run through our head all day that are those repeating patterns that we just go around and around because those are the pathways that are in our brain. So if we can interrupt that and put in a new thought, like you said, like an affirmation or 
you know, a positive thought or, Hey, remember when this happened and I got it, like I, you know, I took care of it and everything was fine. And it turned out even better than I thought, you know, like reminding yourself of those things helps to just like snap you right out of that and kind of change that pathway to something more positive. But I do think with affirmations, you have to believe it, right? Like (laughs) you can't, you can't just be like, um, I am abundant and money flows to me. And then you're like, where the hell is the money? Like, you know, because maybe you don't really like believe that you're just saying it because you think that's going to bring you money or whatever. You have to like explore the belief behind it. Like if you don't believe that thing, ask yourself why, like, Mm -hmm. why don't I believe this? You know, what are the patterns or the thoughts that are repeating in my brain that are blocking me from believing whatever this affirmation is and you know or finding an affirmation that maybe sounds a little bit more believable to you instead yeah fuck yes I love that I think that's also really important to mention too especially for people like trying to create a better experience for themselves examine your beliefs because your beliefs are really powerful your beliefs hold feelings and your feelings are powerful too so understanding all these things and getting really curious about them is important like the self-study work is like it's deep work but it's so valuable because it can create change and I think when we change for the better then it's just like a magical experience yes for sure Awesome. So I have like a couple questions before uh, we wrap up. So I want to talk about work-life balance. I feel like it's a real struggle for people, especially if they work from home, because it's like, wake up. Some people just reach for the cell phone, go right into their emails. And I think we could be more mindful about our work-life balance. And I think You know, a meditation practice is really great to incorporate into corporate wellness, but I know that there's also some topics that I know you're passionate about as far as work-life balance or just having more of a sense of wellness. So what do you think when it comes to this culture of work all the time and wired all the time? Like, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. So I think like, obviously working from home can be such a positive thing. And I think like one really amazing thing that did come out of this pandemic situation, right, is that we can work from home now, like that's a way more acceptable thing. And I think that that can set us up for well-being, Um, you know, like you hear stories of people that, you know, they're like, I never used to be able to work out in the morning because I had an hour commute. And now I've been doing that, right? Like, there's so many great things that have come out of it, but there is that issue, like you said, of like, where is the line? Because now that home is work and work is home, <laughs> like where where do you draw the line, right? So I think that that's been kind of like a common theme that I've seen with a lot of people also is like, I can't get away from work now because it's here. And first of all, I think that corporate wellness is so much more than just having me come in and do a meditation or doing a zoom meditation or a yoga class or boot camp class or yeah. you know it's more than just like these classes and these you know lunch and learns or whatever it might be like real corporate wellness and well-being for employees has to come from the company culture yep. and i think right now that's like huge because we're at this point where so much is shifting right so like companies now are seeing that there is that there's a need for this that they they need to switch their culture a little bit and you know maybe make it a little bit more about well-being so maybe like you know a lot of companies have been implementing sick time policies that maybe they didn't have before right because of covid or 
they're implementing, you know, more of a work-life balance because they've noticed that now that they're home, their employees are working until seven, eight o'clock when they're supposed to log off at five or, you know, whatever it might be. But I think that it's really important for both the employees and the employers to be involved in that process because, you know, you could tell someone till you're blue in the face, like, put the phone down at five o'clock, log off, (laughs) you know, check out and like go back to your normal home life. Mm -hmm. But if that's not coming from the top, like if there's a different message that's coming from their executive management, from their company culture, like, hey, we want you working, you know, all the time or whatever it is, like that's like a huge, a huge difference for that person, right? Like they're going to feel that pressure And it doesn't matter if they know that they should be logging off or they shouldn't be checking their email first thing in the morning. If that's their company culture, that's what they're going to do. So I think like we have this beautiful opportunity right now to kind of like change the narrative, (laughs) you know, and um, and just find that work life balance. And like I know we've talked about this before you and I how like jobs can be so stressful, right? Like my like I have a full time job and my full time job is so stressful and there's so much multitasking like that was the thing that we talked about previously with each other it's like a multitasking culture that's telling you like you have to do this that and the other thing all at the same time and like as people we're not actually supposed to do that like our brains are only wired for us to do one thing at a time right but that's praised like how many times have you been in a job interview where they're like how do you feel about multitasking and you have to be like i feel great about it like multitasking is awesome i'm so good at it like what the hell is that about like oh my exactly. god like, <laughs> it's so bad for you you know like it just like screws with your brain so bad it screws with your stress levels you know and then we're talking again about like the adrenaline and like the fight or flight and you're in that like situation And you're stressed and you're really only supposed to be doing one thing at a time. So I think like, obviously a lot of this is going to have to be like a culture change. Um, But I think that we can start to do these things on our own at home too. So if you are working from home, you know, again, like we said before, it's self-study, right? Like notice your habits. What are your work from home habits? Are you the person that's waking up and checking their email on their phone while you're in bed? Because you're like, oh my God, I have to get my day started. Or are you taking time for yourself in the morning to meditate, to work out, to make a nice breakfast for yourself? You know, like whatever your thing is, take care of yourself first, because it really is, it makes such a huge difference, honestly, in your day. And like, notice your habits. Like, are you the person that's multitasking and doing 7,000 things at one time? How can you change that? You know, like sometimes for me, that's just the nature of my full-time job that I you know, get interrupted because that's what happens. Right. So, you know, for me, it's been like, okay, how do I fix this? So I can write things down, right? Like this way, if I get interrupted, if I'm doing three things, write them down, do the thing that's the most urgent in front of me right now, and then come back. And at least I have a list, right? So like just finding those little things, as silly as that sounds that just like help you because like the multitasking, it's got to stop. Like, it's just got to stop. Agreed. Yeah. I, I definitely write all the things down. My notebook is like loaded. 
Because it's an organizational tool. Like if you can write things down, check things off, prioritize. Prioritizing is important in our lives, period. I think priorities are important and integrate for self-care too, because you can't do all the things. You can't be everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. I also like what you said about, um, you started to kind of talk about boundaries. And I think boundaries are important. Like having boundaries with your work, having boundaries with your people knowing what's appropriate and what's not like working till three in the morning is not a good call. And if Mm -hmm. your employer has those expectations for you, that isn't a healthy culture. So I love that you talked about work culture too, because I feel like good work culture means that the employees have some sense of wellness. So whether that's not working all the time or being able to take breaks or start their days so that they can maybe get a workout in in the morning and then their employer knows like they're going to do their job. I would love Mm -hmm. to see more of that in the work world. I think because it would help people avoid burnout. And I think burnout is a conversation in itself. Like we could talk about burnout for 45 minutes for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It definitely comes from the top for sure. But also like you, I love that you said about boundaries because yes, it it is all about boundaries. And again, that's something that you should like look out for yourself and explore, but also don't feel like you can't set boundaries with your employer, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's such a thing is like, I can't tell them that like, I'm not going to answer emails at 3am. Yes, you freaking can, (laughs) you know, like you have to set that boundary because you're, you're going to get stepped on you know what I mean like your boundary is going to be impeded if you don't set it because if no one knows that that's your boundary then what the hell you know like you're going to be doing whatever this person is telling you to do so if you can say hey listen you know I have a strict boundary now that I'm working from home that at five o'clock when we're done I log off you know you can reach me you could even set like you know a a, I was gonna say a way message (laughs) You know, like, and like AOL, um, like an away message almost to just be like, you know, when someone emails you, I, you know, I've logged out for the day. I'll respond to you in the morning when I log back in for, for the day, you know, like, and don't feel like you can't do those things because it's important that you set that boundary so that your employer can respect that boundary when you're working from home, you know, like it's a silly thing. And in the sense that you're like, well, how does this really have to do with wellness? But it is about your mental health, about your wellness, you know, and from the employer standpoint too, putting money or time or effort or, you know, changing the culture of the organization to reflect employee well being is saving money in the future for the employer because you're avoiding that burnout that we could talk about all day, right? Like you're avoiding burnout, which leads to physical issues. We just talked about the science of meditation and how it changes you physically, right? So literally think about the opposite of that with stress, right? The opposite of that is happening to your body with stress. It's creating disease in your body. So it's going to save the employer money eventually because you're not using your insurance plan. You're not like putting in all these claims. You're not taking as many sick days because you're taking care of yourself. You're setting your boundaries, right? You're taking care of your mental and physical health, and that's only going to help you moving forward. Yes, I love everything you said. And I think that's really important for employers to just know 
invest in your employees. It's stupid to hire people rapidly. That's why it's such a red flag when you see companies that have such huge turnaround, because that means that the companies do not invest in their employees. And that's not somewhere you want to work. You want to work where you're taken care of and you're seen and heard. And just as employers, if they are listening to this, investing in your employees is everything. I think like the owner of Virgin Records, he said that a million times. Like I see it all over LinkedIn that he's such an advocate for investing in his people. And I think good companies um, are starting to really know and and practice that. And at this point, like, how could you not, right? Like how could you not invest in your employees or care about your employee health and well-being? And like, if you don't, you know, I I think that we're at this point where a lot of that is going to change, Mm -hmm. where you're going to start seeing things trending more towards, you know, employers caring for their employee well-being, because it has to, like, at this point, like, if you're not doing that, like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, you know? Yeah, wellness as the focus for 2021, please. (laughs) Totally, (laughs) totally. Nicole, I loved having you on. I loved everything you said. I thought this was an amazing conversation. So I'm really grateful that you came on to chat with me. Yeah, Um, I'm grateful for you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Oh my God, my pleasure. So I just want everybody to find you and hire you to come in and give their employees meditation. So um, (laughs) tell me where everyone can find you. And um, if you have anything coming up, I I would love for people to experience your yoga classes. I know they're magic um, firsthand, huge advocate for Nicole's classes. So (laughs) definitely check them out. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah. So I've, you know, I've done a lot of like yoga events and things in the past too. And with COVID, I just like totally took a break from that completely, but I'm hoping in 2021, we'll be able to actually do a little bit more of that and get back on like the yoga event train. Um, but really the best way to like find me and keep up with me is my personal Instagram, which is at Nick sunshine and I see sunshine. Um, I do have one for my business as well, but I don't really post as much there. And I'm definitely more like you could get in touch with me better through my personal Instagram. So at Nick sunshine. Um, and I just post about everything that I do there. You can reach out to me if corporate wellness and well-being is something you want to bring to your company, even more than just meditation, right? I also do kind of like consulting of how to bring a more mindful and well culture to your company. So definitely reach out to me on Instagram about that too. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you. Yeah. Go follow Nicole for sure. And um, I hope this episode was valuable to you. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Solutions Podcast. For more episodes just like this, be sure to subscribe. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at Solutions Pod. Thanks again for listening and be sure to check out our next episode.